welcome to another episode of the Forecast F1 podcast, which we're recording right after the Brazilian Grand Prix, where we've seen Max Verstappen starting another one of his win streaks, because uh, earlier this season he set a, a 10 consecutive win streak, and uh, he's already starting another one, because it's, uh, it's already five, counting from the start of Japan. Uh, and also another sprint win. So here me to discuss the weekend is um, Samantha. Samantha, you're back. Glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, back, feeling much better. And uh, I am, of course, as always, looking forward to talking about the weekend. Well, it was a packed weekend. Again, uh, a sprint <laughs> a sprint weekend, actually, uh, the last one of the season. So, um, so a lot one. of sessions. What, um, what, is the, what stood out for you during this weekend? Oh, there was a few things that stood out for me this weekend. Um, I would say probably one of the, the one thing after watching the race this week, uh, recently, just a few hours ago, one of the things that stood out for me from the race was that final lap battle between Perez and Alonso and Alonso just snaking the podium. That was, that was quite something that that's burned in my brain. Um, but to, to really cover one thing that I would say took place over the entire weekend was seeing the fact that Verstappen had some competition and uh, it's it's been inching a little bit closer and closer with Norris and McLaren specifically but to see Norris secure pole during the sprint shootout and then to see him battle him a bit during the race it was it was nice to see that change. Yeah, the gap was definitely not as big as it has been during other weekends. Of course, on the on the qualies, it's also a well, it's a short track relatively, but uh, but also during the race and the sprint, uh, you're right. Uh, Norris did manage to to keep up um, quite quite nicely, and yeah, uh, that that battle between Perez and Alonso is definitely, I think, the thing that uh, all of us will take away from from this weekend. That was that was a great um, yeah, uh, it was incredible battle to see and and and. Uh, Alonso just just winning it by um, by half a tenth um, when actually he was overtaken on the penultimate lap by Perez and then taking that back yeah um, but but not only that battle I think throughout the weekend and and to be honest uh, the sprint was um, was one of the sessions which had a lot of of battles um, throughout I mean uh, uh, that was um, I guess well not going into the discussion of whether we should have sprints or not but um <laughs> I, I think i think that different tracks definitely have different uh, well some lend them a little bit better for sprints than others what do you think yeah completely agree i think this was a fantastic track to see a sprint and like you mentioned we saw i think the most excitement in terms of overtakes and battles really took place on during the sprint as opposed to the race and there were some fantastic fantastic shows there i i thought that alfatari was really strong um during the sprint you saw ricardo there was a little bit of uh flashes of the old ricardo trying to battle signs a few times which was great to see and uh quite a few battles so i i thought it, i thought it was really entertaining seeing the sprint and i think that having it there at Interlagos was a was a good choice definitely it was uh, it was a very enjoyable saturday not only the sprint itself but also the um the sprint shootout was quite eventful where we had um, a very interesting <laughs> little battle uh, between 
uh, Ocon and Alonso were a little crash <laughs> rather than a battle. But uh, Alonso was busy was this weekend. <laughs> oh, he, well, he definitely was. He actually, yeah, he was. It was one of these weekends where it's interesting because Aston Martin's not been great in the second half of the season, but then there's flashes here and there of Alonso being, uh, well, basically being Alonso. <laughs> um, uh, I can't put it in any other way. But actually, Stroll was was pretty good this weekend as well. Actually, it was a great weekend for Aston Martin altogether. If we if we go back to the Friday, where and that's something we got to talk about as well. I mean, the changing weather conditions on the on the mm-hmm. on the quali was actually I I, I felt it was great because there was for three uh, for all three sessions there was like the threat of rain, but it never really you know never really came. But it meant that all teams. We're out there trying to set times, not knowing when the rain would come. So you'd have, you know, action-packed uh, quality quality session, which was which was very very good. And in the end, rain did come. Well, basically, nightfall came, uh, seemed like, and, um, and and that was the start of a great weekend for Aston Martin with um, with both Stroll and Alonso on the second row. That was uh, that was something, wasn't it? Absolutely. I think that Aston Martin definitely had a great weekend overall, uh, even during the race, finishing where they did. For Stroll as well, he finished P5 during the race, which was a very good result for him. But to see him to see him finish during qualifying and not uh, be out during a Q1 must have been a pretty big relief for him. He seemed like he had a little more pep during the, uh, the post-race interviews or the post-qualifying <laughs> interviews this weekend, so... Most definitely, and and I wasn't expecting, you know, uh, seeing them. I actually thought that um, them them being on the second row was great, but on the other hand, I felt that well, perhaps the race gonna, you know, be um, yeah, uh, just for stopping driving away, and um, especially after we saw that Leclerc wouldn't even start the race. But but let's get into that in a bit. But I was expecting the Aston Martins to drop back by quite a bit. Uh, and just having a lucky shot there with uh, with the quality session, but actually, if you yeah, like you were saying, Stroll finished uh, P5 as well, Alonso on the podium. Um, they didn't fall that far back. Um, so so all in all, I think uh, there must be a good amount of positives to take uh, from the from the weekend because you know, uh, just like we've seen, for example, last year, you can have shock results on um, on on quali- qualifying sessions like we had Magnussen on pole. Uh, but but then you just know that somebody's going to fall back. But that yeah, Aston Martin actually managed to keep up uh, quite nicely. So um, yeah, overall uh, a great result for them. Um, of course, with that rain in in Q3, uh, a couple of other drivers uh, didn't manage to get such uh, such great results. Um, although um, it was interesting uh, to see uh, who made it into Q3, especially with. Uh, um, uh, and again, it, it was not a bad weekend for the. I was going to say for Alpha Tauri, although um, they didn't. It make was it an up and down Q3, weekend, I guess, for them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just again confused between the the qualifying for the race and the, the sprint qualifying because that's just the the order of things that are a little bit mixed up because it was Danny Rick and Tsunoda on the mm-hmm. sprint shootout where they qualified well, not on the not on the Friday. It, it just. Yeah. It's a little bit weird to have the sessions in this this order. I was talking about it um, with with Sven, who was also on the podcast in the beginning of the season. That you know, it, it would be perhaps better to have uh, the, the standalone Saturday is good, but perhaps we should do the qualifying for the race on the Sunday morning, um, so that you have you know the the two different things. If you're going to have a sprint and you're going to have a race, you're going to have two things on on separate days and not 
because on the on the set on the Sunday when you get into the race, you you really have to go back in your head and think about who qualified where. It, you almost forgot because of the action pack Saturday. Yeah, I think that's a really important discussion. This sorry discussion point because I. I completely agree with you when it comes to the layout of the order of things. It's a little bit confusing when you have qualifying and then after that, the following day is sprint, shootout, sprint, but then you're into the race. And so really the placement gets a little bit confusing. I know that I had read this weekend that they're contemplating for the 2024 season of changing the order of things to make it a little bit less chaotic because that is the way that it seems right now. And also, one other thing, too, is is that with a sprint weekend, you also have less time to really set up the car. And we saw teams like Mercedes, I think that one of the struggles that they had over this weekend was, again, a repeat of, you know, just having a setup that just didn't seem to work for them this weekend. But when you have a situation where you have one practice and then you immediately go into qualifying, I mean, that determines your your setup for the race, which is where you're going to score the most points. So... I would agree with you in the sense that to have a sprint shootout and a sprint, maybe take care of that and then focus on qualifying in the race. I would keep just a one practice session because even though drivers and teams com- complain about it, actually, I think for the viewer, it's quite, you know, if you give teams three practice sessions, although, uh, you know, you, you got to give them that if you have a, a normal race weekend. But if you have a sprint session, yeah, why not give them a little bit less time? You're going to have a little bit uh, more a mix up of things when when teams are not able to to work out exactly the the right setup because if all teams are able to to work out the exact right setup you're going to see um well things that that are more expected to to happen and and I, I think that part is quite cool so i i wouldn't even uh, mind if we keep it that way but i heard that um some of the things they're discussing for for next year for example um i heard one of the things uh, or one of the ideas is to have a separate sprint championship which i would think is a very strange idea because then you're going to have two championships um it's gonna i don't know it's gonna uh, you're gonna take away focus i think from from the actual thing from the world championship that you're watching if you have a, a separate sprint um championship and and the other thing is um to have a, a reverse grid, which I personally feel is uh, just a little bit too much looking for a sensation. But on the other hand, we've been talking about it for, for so long. Um, I guess uh, we should perhaps just give it a go one time. And um, I, I just think that, you know, the problem is that I think it's very arbitrary to have a, a reverse grid of the first 10 places. You know, it's like, okay, if you if you qualify, t- like they do in, in F2, right? You qualify 10th and you're on P1 for the sprint and you qualify 11th and you're on 11th. I mean, I, I think that, that just a little bit strange, but a completely reverse grip would also be strange because you have everything in the reverse order and you're just going to, I I feel like it's going to become chaos during the sprint where, you know, all the fast teams are, are starting in the back and all the, the slower teams are up front. It's just going to become too much of a chaos. And, you know, I guess for some people, they, they, they do like to see chaos. I do too. But on the other hand, we're all here also to watch racing. And we should also stick to that and not um, be too much uh, on the, on just on a search for sensation and, and, and spectacle. And, and I would like to see spectacle, but in the way that we saw Perez and Alonso battle and not so much of just, you know, arbitrarily throwing things around and having a, a completely mixed up grid. If there's going to be a mixed up grid, 
uh, that's cool. But um, you're going to have that once or twice in the season anyway, and it should be, um, you know, uh, it should not be just by saying okay, we 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 throw things around. But at least that's my opinion. What, what do you what do you think, Sam? I think that when you add more, uh, similarly to what you were saying there, when you add more changes, more complications, I think that it actually diminishes more of the interest in the sport. I think that when you take it from a simplistic point of just what I believe a fan, and obviously I'm speaking from my own point of view and assumption of, of many others, but my assumption would be as a fan and as myself, I want to see the battles. I want to see the overtakes. I want to see the the action that's on the track. So to constantly overcomplicate, I, I think that it gets to a point where it becomes less of an, you have more of a disinterest in what is going on because you have, there's too much going on. I, I think that seeing things like you utilize the example of Alonso and Perez and and seeing battles like that and and fixating more on on utilizing that as a priority and how to navigate a weekend where you're able to truly see drivers be able to race and 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 battle each other i think that should be the priority that should be the focus when you add grid changes when you add um different like they they implemented different rules this weekend i believe with the impeding and we saw we saw grid changes with that it just becomes too much so yeah i think at at times when it comes to when it comes to uh formula one as a whole uh boiling it down really to the basics and that is the drivers racing in high-speed cars and the strategy and everything that comes along with it is really the focal point that's going to provide a lot more interest and excitement for a viewer and uh, I hope that that is that that is the focus going forward I don't know I mean the next race we we were taught you were just mentioning also the fact of 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 the excitement and and um I, I guess the the first thing that came to my mind was <laughs> we're looking the next race is in Vegas, right? And I think that that's really going to be an interesting race to see that's going to define, I believe, the path moving forward as to how we're going to see the future of of F1. Is it going to be more of a spectacle uh, or is it going to be something that is uh, rooted in the element of racing? I don't know. Um, however, I feel like we'll see with Vegas. I'm I'm not going to reserve full judgment yet, but I do feel like there is definitely based on the uh on the advertisements and the way that it's been hyped at this point, it's definitely looking to be a spectacle. <laughs> yes, talking about sensation, uh, I think uh, well, let's let's just uh, uh I don't know, let's just let the Vegas weekend happen and we'll judge afterwards. Uh, I think we've yeah. talked about it uh, several times on the podcast and I think it's it is exciting. I think it I is going to be excited. exciting. Yeah, but, there's no um, doubt about that. It's it's something that no matter what, I I think the element of of seeing a night race on the Vegas Strip, there there's absolutely excitement for it. I'm looking forward to seeing that visually. Uh, however, I just um, I I I I don't know what's in store. I guess we'll we've like you've said we've talked about it many times. So we obviously <laughs> it is an an interesting talking point, but we'll see when it comes. 
Not knowing what's in store, I think, also applies to Leclerc uh, on the on the race of today. Uh, <laughs> How did I and, know and you were going to follow it up? With that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean that that was something, wasn't it? Um, I mean, uh, I, we didn't. I think we were all watching the um, the formation lap. I don't know what was uh, what was in the in the shot of the screen, and then and when all of a sudden we saw Leclerc right there in the barrier, uh, and nobody knew what happened. Um, and uh, I think it was. Uh, well, I mean, it was heartbreaking for himself. I mean, he's 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 had bad luck before. Ferrari's had quite a bit of bad luck over the past, well, forever basically. Um, but uh, yeah, geez, that was uh, that was something. It was tough. I I think that after, even if you're someone that is not not a Ferrari fan or a Leclerc fan, your heart goes out to him no matter what. At this point, I mean, you've seen an entire season where he's had he's made some his own mistakes admittedly but he's faced a lot of challenges as a driver this season that's many of the times were just beyond his control uh so this is an example of that and um normally in some circumstances where he's had situations that were somewhat beyond his control it was during a period where he really had an opportune time to score some some serious points and so I think it's quite heartbreaking when you're in a position of being starting in p2 and or starting second on the grid and then I mean to to not to not only hit the barriers but to hit them during a formation lap it's just uh, what can you say at this point and one lap later, we had uh, we had Albon hitting the barriers together with Magnussen, and um, <laughs> and there was a touch on, uh, on on there was a touch on Hockenberg, and there was uh, Piastri was hit from the back, and uh, there was a lot of chaos. And then the the, the the tire flying around, I think it it fell under the car of um, of Hockenberg, and then was lifted up in the air and landed on the, on the rear wing of Ricardo. That was uh, it was the first uh, first lap chaos uh, that that. I don't know if we were expecting it here in Brazil. Of course, it's a you know, it's a relatively narrow narrow uh, track leading up to first turn. Turn, but um, yeah, a uh, lot of chaos there. Yeah, and there was I mean a lot of DNFs this weekend too for the race. I believe it was six in total. You saw Alpha uh, Alpha Romeo just both both cars uh, DNF for technical issues, which is a really uh, difficult weekend for them clearly and to have Ricardo and Piastri both drivers who probably had uh, were going into the weekend with some hopeful momentum I know Piastri was struggling a bit on the track with the weather but then you also saw Ricardo have like we meant we touched on some really shining moments during this sprint so both drivers had a lot of potential to make their way up the grid and it it fell short as a result of something that that they really couldn't control. Yeah, right. Because we had a safety car first, so um, so after the safety car, both Ricardo and Piastri or the teams decided that uh, they'd rather pit and try to fix the car, and then the rest of the field lapped another uh, lap around the track uh, behind the safety car before we got a, a red flag. So for that reason, they were um, uh, yeah they were basically one lap um, uh, behind on on the rest of the field. Which was kind of a pity because if you if you saw the, the pace of those cars were uh, was was decent. Um, I think um, for, yeah. Of course, on the other hand, you know that gave room for other drivers to um, 
to fight for points uh, because I think um, uh, it would have been very difficult otherwise for, uh, for example, for Ocon to uh, to score points. Um, and um, yeah, a uh, bit of a shame. But uh, you know, other uh, other than that, of course, it's also just a, a mixing up of the grid and and gives a chance for other drivers to score points. I was hoping for Sargent to score uh, another point, but unfortunately, he didn't. Um, I was thinking at that radio message of Science uh, where he said that he. Um, uh, he had a problem with his um, with his gears um, that he couldn't go back in gears. I thought, okay, well, th that might be another point scoring position for Sergeant, but it wasn't. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, right. But uh, but yeah, but no, you know, um, it was uh, a lot of things happened, and um, and actually, Tsunoda did manage to to finish in the points, so it was a good weekend for him, or at least uh, um, you know, a good race, um, finishing ninth, scoring another two points, and. Um, and yeah, um, I think I touched on it earlier um, when we started this episode on um, on what happened between uh, Ocon and Alonso in the in the sprint shootout uh, session in the in the quali for the sprint. What did you make of um, what did you make of that crash? Right. I well, I think that Ocon just uh, he he was he was putting on a flying lap, and I think that he was he just gave it a little bit too much. It looked like he oversteered and. Uh, it was it was just it lost a bit of control alonzo maybe took a, went a little bit left but i mean it was it was nothing i think that he definitely gave him room and uh and it just he lost a bit of control of the car and and took them both out <laughs> basically what were your thoughts no i felt it was slightly unsportsmanship of 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 ocon to Blame it on on uh, Alonso because it was a, it was it was a racing yes. incident or a quali incident basically we weren't even racing but uh, uh, yeah. yes he kind of yeah. slipped he, he he sort of lost the car a bit and uh, he had to give a correction and and then later you know he he claimed in interviews that he didn't lose the car but he obviously I mean from the onboard you could see that and yeah Alonso yeah. could have left a little bit more space I agree he could have been further to the right um, could have been but doesn't necessarily have to be. And um, yeah, Ocon was saying, yeah, Alonso was, was, was turning left, but yeah, he was right in the middle of a corner that is, it's a left turn. So, I mean, yeah, you, you cannot expect Alonso not to steer the corner, right? So, yeah, um, yeah I felt that was a little bit, uh, you know, of course, they've been teammates and there's been a, a bit of scrubble uh, between the two of them <laughs> in, the, in the previous year as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was... Uh, it was interesting to see, and um, I was actually very surprised that both of them could start the the sprint um, because I I felt that the car, especially the Alpine, looked um, pretty uh, pretty broken. And I don't I I wonder whether he actually I don't think he cha he had to change the gearbox I suppose, but I guess he took a gearbox from from his pool of uh, a gearbox that he had previously used and didn't get any grip penalties. Right. Um, right. So. Um, yeah, well, he didn't get any grip penalties for the sprint, that is. Uh, he did get uh, grip penalties for the race, uh, together with Gasly as well and, um, <laughs> and Russell. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, the, the FIA is going a little bit back and forth between, um, between all the different rules and, and things. Um, I think, um, well, let's see how it's going to go for the next, uh, next two races, but they got to sort that out. Um, mentioning, uh, actually, Russell there, I think the Mercedes... 
And I think we're going to get to that uh, also when we talk a little bit about um, all of our predictions, because I think uh, a lot of people this weekend were expecting um, the Mercedes to do mm -hmm. very well, and <laughs> not only because of, um, uh, well, Hamilton did very well, of course, in uh, in Mexico, and um, and so he did in Austin as well, where he was disqualified, but it was a good race for him. Um, and of course, the uh, Mercedes did very well last year. I mean, it was basically a battle between uh, Russell and uh, Hamilton for the win in Brazil uh, in 2022. And, and Russell also won the sprint there. So I guess uh, that was one of the reasons uh, that people expected them to, um, to deliver. But uh, in the end, they didn't. Russell even had to retire the car. Like you said, there were six retirements. Russell was one of them. And uh, Hamilton finished P8, which was also, um, yeah, he felt... Um, I don't know, he had a decent start of the race, but uh, you could just see that uh, the, the Mercedes had a lot of, of trouble on the on the straights. And uh, of course, um, uh, there's there's twists and turns in, in sector two where the Mercedes was, was quite all right, but, uh, but that straight leading up to the, the start finish and, and also the straight after turn, is that, that's turn after turn four, I think. Yeah, those are pretty um, long straights where, uh, where if you, I mean, you could see that the Alpine was even faster, and uh, yeah, if the Alpines are, are faster than you in a straight, you're you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that all in all, it was a tough weekend for Mercedes. Uh, even during the qualifying and sprint shootout, they weren't. You could see that, like you had mentioned, the straights they they weren't strong enough on the straights. They weren't in their form that we have gotten used to seeing them recently over the last several races. And then even during the sprint itself, you saw Hamilton struggling with tire degradation later on in, in the race, in, in the sprint. Um, and then going, leading into the race, you saw even the situation with the, the two of them, there, there seemed to be a, a Russell was, was very vocal as, as he does have a tendency to do on the team radios, but he was very vocal about, uh, where they stood in terms of uh, in terms of driver positioning and working together as a team and then obviously he had to retire later on I believe it was something to do with the oil uh, gauge he had uh, clearly Hamilton was struggling a bit and wasn't the result that many people were anticipating in their predictions I I was one of them <laughs> I had confidence going in this weekend thinking that historically that Mercedes was going to do well and uh, it just wasn't their weekend it wasn't their weekend so I, I think maybe part of it we, I touched on this earlier part of it maybe could have been attributed to their setup I don't know and and like you said I mean when you go into a sprint weekend that's something that uh, you're you're going to have teams that are going to do really well and get it right and you're going to have teams that are going to get it wrong and you see them uh, have difficulties over the entire weekend. I think that Mercedes obviously was one of them. So let's get into the prediction results for this weekend. So Anton, let's start with how many people played this weekend. We had 509 people playing the game this weekend. And we had an average score of 52.3 points. And that's the sprint and the race together. So um, 
So yeah, uh, let's look first at the sprint race. And I want to know from you, how many people do you think correctly predicted the podium for Stappen Norris Pires for the sprint? I'm going to say three people. Not bad. It, it wasn't a lot. It was a few more, though. There were seven people who had that <laughs> okay. predicted, right? Yeah. And, um, and um, well, let's do the race podium as well. Uh, we had a race podium with Verstappen, Norris Alonso. So how many people? I'm going to say, in this case, I'm going to stick to three. Nobody had that. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely interesting. I think We're it was get more of a surprise it. that Alonso was was on the podium. I think that probably played a huge part <laughs> in having not a lot of people. Well, nobody, I guess, picked that. I uh, I could tell you how many um, how many people had uh, the combination of Verstappen and Norris on P one and P two, but I feel like that's going to give away too much for the later quiz. So um, I'll, I'll we might get back to that, but um, but let's first look at our podium, the Forecast F1 uh, podium. So we had a we had another repeat winner um, because we had the same winner as we had during the Qatar weekend. It was uh, Arnost Krenowski from Czech Republic who won this race and who, yeah, like I said, also won the Qatar sprint weekend. So um, sprint weekends uh, seem to be um, one of his uh, specialties. He uh, scored 27 points during the sprint. That was... Um, I think the third or fourth highest amount of um, of sprint points that anybody got, and uh, 62 points for the race. So that got him 89 points in total. Um, he had a correct. He was one of the people who had a correct sprint podium, and also had um, a correct P1 and P2 and P4 in the race. So uh, he was one of the people that had Perez there. So um, so yeah, um, I guess <laughs> um, Alonso just taking that uh, that podium place um, did him a lot of good. And got him the win. Um, we have Alexis Stockman from France on P2, who scored a total of 81 points, who had a correct P1 with Verstappen. I think he had Norris actually on P3, so he didn't get full points for that. But he also had Perez on P4, and um, Sainz on P6, and uh, Gasly on P7. Um, so um, a little bit uh, different combination of, of scoring points. And um, third, is a fellow countryman of yours, uh, Kai Hassani, who um, who I know was actually also at the Montreal Grand Prix while we were there. Um, he scored 80.6 points this weekend, had uh, a correct uh, correct P1 and P2 in the sprint and in the race, and also had Perez on uh, on P4. So um, so actually that means that uh, Arnost is going to make it into the high scores worldwide top 20. Um, he actually lands on P20. Uh, so it just gets him in there and um, yeah well done to him um, let's also look at um, the the championship the forecast F1 championship which um, yeah as we know is still quite uh, quite excited uh, exciting um, still anybody well not anybody can win it but uh, <laughs> we don't know who's going to win it we uh, have uh, Jesus Diaz from Uruguay on P1 he scored 52 points this weekend uh, which means he has 1110 and a half points and um, that means he's still 13.1 points in the lead to Tobias Joly from France who did score 55 points so um, yeah he got three points uh, back at uh, at Jesus but um, but yeah um, still mm, still a little bit uh, of points to um, 
to make up uh, to get that uh, to get that P1 finishing position. We have um, back in P3 uh, coming from P5, uh, Fries Hofker from the Netherlands. He scored uh, 75 points this weekend. Uh, that actually got him a P12 uh, during this weekend in uh, in Brazil. Um, so that also gets him back from P5 to P3. Um, actually means he's uh, six and a half points in the lead to P4. Um, that's uh, Diana Milojevic from uh, Bosnia, uh, who was P18 this weekend. Uh, there was actually uh, a shared P18. There were three people who got uh, the same amount of points and were there on P18. Um, Sam, um, <laughs> yes. you uh, well, you and I actually went with uh, with the same podium, so we both went with uh, Verstappen, Hamilton, Norris. Nice, great minds think alike. But what I really want to know is uh, who won the weekend between you and I. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, well, to be honest, um, the whole set of our predictions uh, looked um, looked pretty similar. Uh, I got to say, the only thing what uh, uh, you went with uh, a Hamilton win for the sprint. I and did. Um, yeah, that means you got. Uh, uh, I, I went with Verstappen win for the sprint, so that got me eight points, and and you only got uh, four points because you put Verstappen on P two. Um, so those four points, well, uh, there's a. Uh, those four points would have uh, exactly gotten you zero point one <laughs> over me if you would have put in Verstappen on P one because you end up with fifty one points. I end up with fifty four point nine. So there's a three point nine gap between the two of us. And uh, yeah, would you have put uh, Verstappen on um, on P1? Uh, yeah, you would have uh, you would have won. But um, those are ifs and buts. Well, I wanted to be a little risky this weekend, and sometimes you know you you take a risk, you could have a reward, and sometimes not so much. So uh, we were pretty close, though. Yeah, and um, we actually both had uh, signs on P6, which is interesting. So we got those points. Um, yeah. So where do we stand now overall? So that means that you go from P77, uh, because uh, last time out you dropped a couple of places, and you drop another two places. You go to P79. Uh, so, okay, uh, not so bad. So unfortunately, yeah, it, it, it could be worse. It can always be worse. <laughs> um, it, it got you uh, P284 actually during this um, uh, weekend's result. Um, for me, it was a P216, and also I drop uh, well. I drop one position. I go from P63 to P64. Okay, so we're not too far apart from each other, but I mean, with with only a few races to go, I don't know. I'm really gonna have to knock it out of the park to 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 try to win this thing. <laughs> At yeah, least guess, when we're well, competing I mean, against if, each if, other. <laughs> Yeah, true. No, and I mean, imagine uh, Hamilton would have gotten P1 in the sprint and uh, <laughs> and Verstappen would be P2. You would have gained a lot of points on me. So <laughs> I guess you're right. You're going you to gotta have to do something different to um, to get there. But you're right. It's not, um, it's not such a big difference uh, between the two of us. Let me actually check what our point difference is, our total point difference. So I have 1,004.8 points and you have... 990.1 okay so so yeah there's uh well there's still a gap of uh of 14 points yeah but that's definitely not impossible to make up um i guess there's two races so um yeah uh, i mean uh, it's definitely still not decided <laughs> no it's not 
Let's also go to our weekend's quiz. And um, since I don't want you to play this quiz just by yourself, because that, yeah, um, you know, that's that's a little bit too easy. You've you've already had enough uh, practice. So um, <laughs> so let's invite a friend of the show, Itzana Fokuma, to play it with you. Ah, I would love to have Itzana play. And I will say, though, that's that's heavy competition because she does very well when when we get to the predictions. Well, we said she would be back on the podcast uh, whenever Lando would take his first win, but that's I guess right. that's taken a little bit too long. So, um, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, good to have you here. It's Anna. Hello, guys. Good to be back again. So glad to have you back. It's a pleasant surprise. And although I imagine that, you know, historically you do well, uh, so I probably won't. I, I'm sure that you're gonna you're gonna beat me here, but honestly, I am very happy to have you a uh, part of the uh, the predictions for this week. <laughs> well, let's see. It has been a while, so I'm not sure how good I'm still in this. Exactly, Sam. Away with the disclaimers. Uh, it's it's a fair and square game, and uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, we can start with um, with obviously the winner of the weekend, uh, Verstappen. And um, again, I remind you, 509 people who played the game. Sam, you can go first. Okay, I'm going to go with 465. Damn. I was thinking <laughs> about 350. 350? Yes. Against 465. Sam, you're just a bit closer because it's it's right in the middle. Well, not right in the middle. It's 409 people. So you are you just get a little bit closer with 465. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Point yeah, one. That means you're 50, 54 away. Oh, sorry, 56 away. And the sun is uh, 59 away. So, uh, yeah, pretty close. But uh, the points for Sam. And um, we move on to uh, Lando Norris, who finished second. It's on it. How many people did have Norris there on second? I would say 100 people. Okay, that's a good guess. I'm going to say, I'm going to go higher, though. I'm going to go 267. 267. That's extremely high, Sam. Way <laughs> too high because it was okay. uh, it was 72 people who had Norris on P2. Oh, boy. Yeah. So um, now I will get back to what we were talking about earlier, Sam. Uh, how many people had a correct combination of P1 Verstappen and P2 Norris? We talked about that. That would have been 70 people. So, um, so like I said, I felt that that would give away a little bit too much. Um, Fair. So you added a new dimension to this game. Like even the combination of the first and the second is well, also well, there was being no, guessed right now. Or? Yeah, so there was nobody who had a correct podium with um, P1 for stop and P2 Norris and P3 Alonso. So then if nobody has that, you know, you get curious and you want to know how many people had a correct combination of P1 and P2. But I didn't want to give that away and, and give away too much for this quiz. And... Um, and I'm happy I didn't because this point goes to you, Itzana, and it means it's one against one. And it means we move on to P3, Fernando Alonso, Sam. I'm going to be pretty low on this. I'm going to say 13. I would say 35. Well, confidence in Aston Martin is not that high, you guys. It was only two people who had Alonso on P3. Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, he definitely lot. surprised most of us, didn't he? <laughs> it did indeed. Yeah, it was actually nice to see Alonso on the podium. Yeah, it was indeed. Uh, uh, good to have uh, Aston Martin back uh, 
back scoring points and scoring a lot of points with um, with both drivers. But um, but before we go to Stroll, we first uh, we first go to Perez, who who missed out on that podium. And um, it's Anna, how many people do you think had the Perez there on P4? Well, after the issue last race, um, I think they didn't put him in the top three. So, but I think they guessed that maybe he would score high, but not end up on podium. So I would say 100. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to go low and say 20. Ooh, it was uh, 73 people. So uh, that means uh, the point goes to its son. So two against two, right? No, it's <laughs> no. three against it's Three, oh, three against, against one? No, no, it, no, 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 sorry. It is two against two. Is it? Oh, okay. It I'm not even two. keeping track yeah. of my own scores. Yeah, Jeez. no, sorry. You said, uh, you said no, I've written it down correctly, I think. Sam, you said 13 for Alonso and it's on a 35. So that point goes right, to, to right. Sam. Oh, sorry, yeah. But this one goes to uh, to its son. So it's two against two. Okay. So that means we go to Stroll on P5. Okay. I am going to go with six. I I don't think, like we mentioned before, there's a lot of confidence going into this weekend with Aston Martin. So that's actually funny because I wrote seven. Oh, okay. And there was nobody who got that right. Oh, really? No way. <laughs> wow. So then if it's zero, then Sam wins this one. That's right. Six is still... That's right. Point goes to Sam. You're right. Goes to zero to seven. Yeah, that's true. All right. Which means we move on to the only Ferrari that was in the race, which was Carlos Sainz on P6. 20 people. Okay, I'm going to say 82. Well, Sam and I already concluded that both of us had um, had Sainz on the correct True. position. Um, there was 80 other people, you think, Sam? Sorry. I'm, I'm, yes, <laughs> I'm correct. I'm reading aloud. The, and it only goes for 20. There was 112. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that point goes to Sam as well. Okay. Well, we still have a few more to go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, starting with Gasly on P7. Okay. I'm going to say 34. I'm going to say 20. That means the point's going to go to its son because there was only 12 people who had Gasly on P7. So that means it's four against three. Meaning we move on to Lewis Hamilton on P8. Well, I guess people expected him to score higher than P8. They were pretty slow, I must say. At the end, mostly at the end. Um, I say 10. Okay, that that's close. I was going to say something similar. I was, I was going to go 8. It's actually 10 minus 8. It was only two people. No way! Hmm? Yeah, that's actually so, surprising. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it is, uh, Bob. But I guess, like we were talking about, Sam um, Hamilton did very well in the previous two races. He he usually does very well in Brazil. So um, so people were putting him much higher in their predictions and uh, didn't expect him to be um, down there at P eight. Um, then we move on to Tsunoda on P nine. How many people um, had expected that? I'm gonna say four. I'm going to go for 15 people. All right. That means you get one point back at Sam. It's now five against four because it was 22 people who had to know it on P9. Okay. That, that makes sense. I could I could see Sonoda being in the... I mean, it's a... It, 
It is a spot where you'd normally put them. Yeah, exactly. All right. So um, it's still open uh, for either one of you to win. It's um, it's five against four. We go to Oko, who finished on P10, who picked up that last point, and um, who picked up those points in the game. It's on. Um, 45. Okay. I'm going to say 25. That means you're level on points. Because um, it was 55 people. So oh, uh, wow. you're only 10 away. Yeah, only 10 away. And uh, Sam, you were 30 away. So um, so it's five against five. That means that uh, the fastest lap will be the decider. And, uh, <laughs> right. and we haven't spoken about it yet in the podcast, but it was uh, no. Norris who picked up the fastest lap. And um, and yeah, it's going to be the deciding uh, factor in, uh, in our quiz today. So uh, Sam, um, it's your turn to go first. How many people had Norris on fastest lap? Okay, I am going to say 36. 85. There was only 10 people. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. Uh, 85, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's way that's too pretty, high. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, but you know what? But, uh, I was thinking of going higher too, though, because it, I, I don't think it's a bad guess to think that Norris would get fastest lap, anyways. Um, but. Okay. I'm I'm actually a little surprised that it's as low as it is. Yeah, me too. Although I didn't pick him for fastest lap, so... <laughs> Neither, Neither did, did I. I no, but... Exactly. I think it's only you had Hamilton, no? I did. I had Hamilton at, at P1. You usually do. <laughs> <laughs> I usually have somebody else different than Verstappen. True. Well, um, Sam, that means uh, you're the winner of this weekend's uh, quiz. And... And yeah, that concludes our uh, our forecast F1 scores and data. Mm -hmm. And that means that we, um, well, we, we look forward to um, to the next race, which um, we all know, like we said earlier on, is going to be uh, Las Vegas, which is actually going to be a Saturday oh, night I'm race. looking forward to it. Yeah. That was going to be my question, whether you're looking forward to it. So it's Sunday, uh, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> well, yes, I, I am looking forward to it. We've talked about it several times. I think that there's the uh, element of a night race uh, in Vegas, I on the strip, seeing the cars. I, I've said it several times over. Visually, I think it's going to be really cool. And I... Uh, I mean, I, I'm interested to see how it plays out for the weekend. And I think that the way that the track is laid out, I, I do wonder how much uh, overtaking ability is going to be, like if it's really a, a, a race that's going to provide a lot of overtakes. Uh, so we'll see about that. But we've never seen a race in Vegas before. So I think it's regardless something that we're all there's a lot of anticipation and excitement surrounding it what are you excited for anton for nick for well i guess technically not next weekend but what are you excited for when it comes to the vegas weekend yeah i think it's very exciting to have a race there it's just that like i said uh, on previous podcasts i think it also has a lot to do with that it's the first time um so i just don't know if track wise it's going to be it's going to be really a great track to race at, but uh, I look forward to any Formula One race regardless. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one. And what I think is nice is that the teams haven't uh, had a lot of uh, experience driving this track. So that means there's a lot of, there's probably going to be quite a bit of unknowns, which uh, just as with a sprint weekend, you know, without, uh, 
you know with with less testing means it's it's more open and um and yeah let's hope that that's one of the things that uh, that will happen in vegas i think it will be um let's see how the how the surface actually plays out there i wonder how good the track surface is going to be but uh, but all in all yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm just uh, thinking about whether uh, whether we uh, are going to watch it uh, live because of um, the timing being quite uh, you know that it's it's of course it's saturday night in vegas but uh, for the three of us, it's going to be it's going to be right in the middle of the night. Uh, I think for yes, us, it's it going to be two two a.m. So, uh, so one a.m. probably yeah yeah one a.m. Uh, yeah, for the race you, and then guys, qualifying's at three in the morning. Oh right, yeah, but, but you guys you... have turned back the clock, yes. so for us it's two. For you, it's one. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, but uh, but that's it's going to be uh, <laughs> well, it's going to be the same time as uh, as a Melbourne race uh, or a Japan race, basically uh, for us, uh, which is funny because it's on our side of the world. But uh, yeah, that doesn't uh, really play into our cards. But um, but uh, yeah, well, I, you know, whether we see it uh, live or whether we see it on Sunday morning, it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting regardless. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it's exciting that it's a track that nobody have has driven before. I think that makes it more exciting that all of the drivers, for them, it's the first time that they actually drive this track, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, absolutely. With that comes, uh, they. I mean, it, it comes with, like you mentioned, Anton, the uh, the, the track itself, like how, how the cars are going to fare on that. Uh, the weather, because at night it's typically usually colder around this time of year. Uh, and just the whole element that it's never been, it's never happened there before. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Definitely. Well, we look forward to it. 